You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Which coast? Traveling east to west... Aaron laughed. No, he did No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. What's good, Mark? You got me? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, it's good to be back. How you feeling? Hey, I'm feeling good, man. I just took a nap, so, you know. See, well, you, see you stealing my approach already. It's crazy. What you mean? You taking naps before the show, too? My influence is everywhere. It's wild. <laughs> I didn't know you did that, man. I usually, because Wednesday is usually my off day, so I'll take a nap or, or, you know, do errands or something during the day. Today, I actually just got off the sticks. Just, just got that 2KW. Oh, wow. Yes, okay, sir. okay. You play in the park? Uh, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to just come clean before this even gets carried away. I, uh, I don't even have a system. I was just playing at my homie's crib. Oh, yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> you made it seem like you really be getting down. <laughs> and that's what made this even more special is like, you know, I went to his crib and got the win. You know, that's that's what really I know it hurt. I know I, I know it hurt. Who did you use and who did he use? So we do like the uh, like two randoms and a uh, and then a, okay. the, the last team is like the team that you have to go with. So you have two options. If not, you get one more random. Right, right. Um, so I, I I got Brooklyn. It was just kind of the luck of the draw, man. It, 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 what was I supposed to do? Say no. And who did he have? He had the Clippers, which was not bad. It was a good matchup. Oh, and it actually it yeah. actually went to overtime too. He had a buzzer beater right at the end of regulation to send it into overtime. Oh man, you had a classic. Okay. Yeah, but you know we came out on top. That's what we do. What you been on? <laughs> what you been on, man? How's the family? How's LA? I knew you a kid from the West Coast. Stop it, man. <laughs> uh, the family's good, man. Uh, you know, I went to the beach a couple of days ago. So, uh, yeah, man. I, I love to get, get in the sand a little bit, enjoy the sun, see the sun go down. You know, I, it, just catch some vibes. Does it even feel like football season yet over there on the West, uh, on the West Coast? Because usually I can tell that first little – First little sign of a pumpkin something. I, I seen a spirit Halloween the other day. I'm like, oh, Lord, it's football season for real. Nah, you don't really feel it until uh, we get those cold nights. You know, at nighttime, I can get a little little crisp out here, but it's still still pretty summery at this point. So uh, I'll say about October, November is when you really start to kind of feel it out here. We're going to get right into it. Chiefs Coast to Coast, another episode. We're rolling, man. It's uh, it's right around the corner. We got news. Thank goodness. A lot to talk about. <laughs> uh, I got written down here first, the 53-man initial roster. And I think that's a key word in this whole thing, right? Like, it's, it's an initial roster. There's going to be a flurry of moves that happen before the Chiefs play in about 12 days. There's going to be 
wholesale changes to this roster by by mid by mid season. I feel like uh, I mean it's it's going to look different. Uh, what's I guess your first reaction uh, of seeing the cuts and, and, and how it looks today? Yeah, so my initial thoughts were I was a little surprised they only kept five receivers. I know we were going back and forth about that pretty much all summer. I thought they would keep six, but obviously you got today. You know, I feel a little bit better because now you got Fountain on the practice squad, which is the guy that I thought would be the sixth receiver, especially when it comes to special teams, because we know Dave Tope, the special teams coach. You know, he's always raved about Fountain like he all summer. That's all you heard. So it kind of led me to believe that he would be that sixth guy. But, you know, he's back on the practice squad. So that's a good sign for him. And initially, I was surprised and a little disappointed about Danny Shelton being cut. Obviously, you know, the big guy in the middle. I, I thought he could be a guy that could be there on rundowns, eat up a couple of blockers and free up other guys along the line. But just like Fountain, he's on the practice squad as well. So. I feel a little bit better now, you know, that things are shaping up um, after, you know, the initial roster 24 hours ago. So, you know, those are my main two shocks. Uh, nothing else really surprised me, per se. I guess you could also say uh, the quarterback, keeping three quarterbacks, obviously, with Shane Bouchelle. A little surprised there, but we know Chad Henney is a lot older. He's almost 40 years old. I do have a weird feeling it's probably going to be his last year on the roster. Maybe his last year even playing football. It's up to him or not. But, uh, you know, Shane Bouchelle, he showed flashes this preseason. Uh, guys in that room in that um, arrow, at one arrowhead drive seem to like him a lot. The fact that he's staying around this long, you know, as being a third-string quarterback per se. So, yeah, I, I think uh, that was a little shock as well. But overall, I'm pretty pleased with the roster makeup at this point. Yeah, we kind of touched on this a little bit in the in in the show notes, but those are the those are the the moves that maybe raise eyebrows. Maybe we could talk a little bit about why those moves were maybe made. And I, I saw some conversation on Twitter and some other conversation about uh, theories behind why they felt like those guys were cut. Shelton and uh, Fountain we're talking about now and. It, it seemed like a calculated risk, right? You, the, these guys who either aren't subject to the waivers. Or, uh, you know, if you think they can pass through waivers and, and they can fall back to the practice squad and, and then guys taking advantage of the opportunity they had in that last preseason game. I, it was kind of and we touched on this before the last pod, like how important those opportunities are and, and Rojo getting nine carries. And I think Brett Veach even touched on it today, his ability to show what he can do. Um, in a workhorse situation, be able to take that workload and, and keep working. Maybe things aren't looking bright, but overcoming some adversity, man, that, that matters. And shine through, and uh, he's on the 53-man initial roster. Not not any overwhelming surprise, I would say, but uh, maybe I would say maybe calculated risk because these guys ended up coming back to, to Casey. Yeah, touching on Roadshow, obviously, that was a major talking point within the fan base over the last – a month or so and he really helped himself that last game and to be fair I know the first two games he struggled but we have to put it in co into context he was running behind the second team offensive line obviously we know the Chiefs have a top five offensive line maybe even higher some people's minds so in that last game he was able to run behind I'm sorry I had a phone call can you guys still hear me so Hollywood dog this man yo people don't know when you work man I, I don't know bro <laughs> You put it put it on D and D, Mark. I, I, we know your phone blowing up. We know sources are calling. All right, I got you. you uh, go ahead and continue the road joke for me. <laughs> I'm gonna put it on D and D right now. Hold on, give me a second. 
Uh, and I, I, I got a little heat for one tweet that I sent out uh, after the, the, the first preseason game. Maybe it was the second one. Because it was a position battle, man. And, and for the longest, we were wondering where the cuts were coming from. If the Chiefs were going to keep, keep six wide receivers, and like you said, we went back and forth on that for a while. I think I was the one that was saying five for a while, uh, and, and you were stumping for six. And then you had to – then maybe the cut were co- was coming from the running back position. But you got your numbers back in a favorable position – unfortunately for Big Bell and, and Matt Bushman, but fortunately for Ronald Jones. And that's just, that's just, that's just what we're talking about when it's limited opportunities and there's, and there's cuts that got to come from somewhere. And, uh, and, and that's just the nature of the league. Uh, Rojo's in, I think by, by way of those things happening. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, things definitely fell into place for him and he got an opportunity and he cashed in on it. I mean, that last game he was running hard, uh, there was, seems to be a different sense of urgency. I mean, obviously, at that point, the last game, you're you're fighting for your job at that point. So it's definitely understandable why they would keep a guy like him around at this point. And let's be honest. I mean, CEH has had a history of not staying healthy. So, I mean, why you you keep extra bodies just for insurance, right? Especially when you get to that fourth guy, whoever that may be. And, and I don't think we know for sure yet, probably Pacheco just based on lack of experience, but we know that can change throughout the season. It's going to be a, it's going to be one of those things that is going to be moving throughout the year. I mean, I think one week you're going to see CH get a lot of touches, then McKinnon, Rojo. I think it's going to be one of those things, Pacheco, it's going to be like the flow of the game. And we already know this is a very, very pass heavy team. I think they maybe slowly go back to the medium, the mean a little bit this year. But overall, they're going to pass more than they run. And you're going to need guys that can catch the ball at the backfield. And that's where a guy like Pacheco thrives in. Uh, McKinnon, CH is supposed to thrive in that role, but we haven't quite seen it yet. And that's where Rojo, that's his weakness. We know he's not a guy that's going to catch the ball at the backfield. And he's not that great in pass protection as well. But he is a different style of runner than all the other guys. So they all bring a different flavor to the to, to this team. And I'm okay with that because we know in today's NFL is more about running back by committee. You don't have that bell cow style anymore. It's a couple of guys like Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, but it's very, very rare. So I'm happy with the room overall. Let's talk practice squad or initial practice squad uh, as we move on from cuts. Still kind of reacting to the 53-man roster. Chiefs. Cut down Tuesday at 3 p.m. was the deadline. Still kind of some some rumblings in, in relation to that. And I would say out of the names, you mentioned Fountain um, and Shelton earlier. Uh, I, I thought Cornell Powell flashed a little bit more in, in the days that I was at uh, training camp in St. Joe this year. Obviously, it was a, a, a large task for a rookie to ask. And you can say that and also see what Sky Moore has done in this offense. But I feel like he's shown us the strides. He's growing. He's back. Austin Ryder's there. Elijah Lee, seemingly the move that's going to correspond with Blake Bell going on IR whenever that happens. I know Brett Veach touched on that a little bit today in his availability with the media. So they'll look at making that move in the next coming days. Elijah Lee comes up for for linebacker depth. And there's some other names on there. Any, any guys that catch your attention or I took them all? Yeah, you definitely <laughs> took them all. <laughs> you just named like 10 guys, bro. Like, my gosh. You didn't leave nothing for me. But, uh, <laughs> what you well, well, hey, let, let's let, let's spin it this way then, because I, okay. I got this done as well, and, and let's move along. Because I already see some hands up. Got a lot of people in the room. Appreciate y'all rocking with us. Getting closer to week one, man. 
12 days away in Phoenix, it's going to be a lot of young Chiefs on this roster. And I'm curious just very generally, right? This is a team that has turned over <laughs> that's turned over a lot since they appeared in, in the Super Bowl last. The, the youth, uh, not only on the practice squad, and, and the, but on the 53-man roster as well. What, what does that tell you about where Kansas City sits right now? It tells me, I saw, yeah, they have the 10th youngest roster. And they're in a, a very unique position because – most teams, when you have a guy like a Patrick Mahomes caliber, one of those guys at quarterback, normally, you know, they're more, let's say, veterans around them, per se. And you don't really see a young roster, especially with allowing a lot of cap space at well at the same time. I mean, by trading Tyree Kill, they were able to get, obviously, a lot of picks, and you free up a lot of money. And they're in a unique spot where they're in win-now mode, but they're also built for the future at the same time. Normally, it's one or the other. You're either building for the future and you're not going to win right now or you're in straight win-now mode. Like, look at the Rams. You know, they're in straight win-now mode. Uh, the Broncos, they're in straight win-now mode. The Raiders and even the Chargers to a certain extent, even though they do have a younger quarterback, so they're going to be fine for the next decade when they get that locked up. But I say all that to say this. It just shows that Brett Veach is learning. He's getting better. As the years go on, obviously that first draft when he took Breland Speaks, <laughs> a lot of people were upset him at that time, but he's redeemed himself since then. I mean, I thought the 2021 draft, I mean, it was. It's not that I thought. It was a great draft. I mean, you rebuilt the line. You got Creed Humphrey. You got Trey Smith in the later rounds. And, I mean, that's a home run right there with those two guys alone, right? Nick Bolton. I would be remiss if I didn't mention his name. And then, I mean, obviously, we haven't played a game yet, so I don't want to get too ahead of myself. But it seems as of now, what we've been watching in preseason and training camp and what everybody is saying, that this draft class may be just as good. I mean, the depth, I mean, you're going to have two guys already starting off of day one with Trent McDuffie and Corloftis. You're going to have Brian uh, Cook in there as your third safety. I mean, they're loaded, man. Joshua Williams is in there. You obviously, Sky Moore is going to get a lot of reps from day one. So, I mean, it's, I just can't say enough about what Bre Brett Veach has been doing, not only in the draft, but as far as the uh, the salary cap, managing the money, getting certain guys in free agency. I mean, Carlos Dunlap, getting him late in the summer. That's a steal, man. That guy had eight and a half sacks last year. He's a veteran in the room. He improves your pass rush on the outside. Moves like that, Melvin Ingram last year. So he just is always timely. He knows what their weaknesses are, and he attacks it, man. And if you're a Chiefs fan, this is a very exciting time, and you should be excited for their, not only now, but the next decade. I'm going to be yellow button lad here. Can I be yellow button lad here? You're always yellow button lad. I saw somebody call me that recently, and I kind of like that. Uh, oh, I like, you're, I like, you're rolling with that? I like yellow button lad. That, it, 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 that's that's my role on this pod. Sometimes. It fits you, man, because when you drive and it, it goes yellow, you slow down instead of speeding up and going past the light. Well, how about this? On this topic specifically, we talk about youth on Kansas City's roster and them playing a big impact, especially this year. I'm not like a. I'm not like a. A dark yellow. It's a light yellow. You know, I'm going through this light. Uh, I actually do believe. In, in the ability and how could you not like you said the 2021 draft it's it's an a as so far as far as the guys making the roster i know nazi johnson was the one who made the practice squad but 
Uh, the rookies are going to make an impact for this team. The reason why I will be yellow button lad on this one is because I think not only is the challenge for the rookies, who obviously have to go out there and uh, grasp the scheme and fit in with the, the championship culture in Kansas City and obviously all the expectations from the fan base. I mean, uh, we talk ad nauseum on this pod about how tough it's going to be for a guy like Trent McDuffie to go in as a an expected starter week one and, and face some of the number one and number two options for for opposing teams, especially in this division. But I think the challenge is also going to be for the coaching staff. We we talked before about Steve Spagnolo and his trust in veteran players and especially uh, you know, with the linebackers. There's going to be there's going to be a trust there that needs to be earned with Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. There's going to be a, a trust that needs to be earned with Carl Loftus and McDuffie. Like the coaches are going to have to mold their style to the players, just as the players are going to have to kind of beat that learning curve, that NFL learning curve. But uh, as far as getting them up to speed and uh, and all that, as far as young players, it, it speaks to what the organization that's been built in Kansas City. And I think if Chiefs fans are excited, they should be excited in knowing that the coach, GM, and quarterback, Brett Veach, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, like they've got an A there as well. There's not a lot of organizations that can say all three of those are on board at the same time. And I think a lot of the youth playing a factor and, and playing key minutes and key snaps is because the organization has put them in, in the position to win right away. And can we just talk about this real quick? Isn't it amazing how out of this rookie class, you know, we talk about Karloftis, right? We say he may start off a little bit slow. We talk about Sky Moore. What's his role going to be? Uh, Joshua Williams, uh, Cook. But we never talk about Trent McDuffie. It's like we just know, oh, he's going to be good. He's going to be good. Like, is that kind of crazy? We haven't played any games yet, Mark. Come on. I know, bro. but we still question the other rookies and have talking points about him. I feel like we just act like, and I'm not saying I disagree, but it seems like the consensus is, oh, McDuffie's going to be fine. You don't got to worry about him. Like, is, well, we thought that wrong? We thought that on draft day. We thought that on draft day, it was kind of the consensus was, I can't believe, I remember there were there was tweets saying, I can't believe he was still there and the Chiefs got him where they did. I don't know, man. I'm a little hesitant to oof, call me yellow button lad once again. Here he is. Get my yellow cape out. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Let, let him play 10 games in the National Football League first. And, and, and that's what I think the challenge is going to be, not only for McDuffie, but also for, you know, Dave Merritt, the position coach. You know, he's got to, he's got to, He's got to mend those Rashad Fentons with the with the Trent McDuffies, uh, especially when there's no veteran leadership in that room, really. And you know what? We're not going to wait 10 games. We're going to do it during the bye week. Bro, Chiefs fans will not wait two quarters. If he gets toasted in, in, in the first series, there will be people calling for him to ride the bench the rest of the year. You know how this works. No, no, you know no. How this works. no. No reasonable fan would say that. Chiefs fans aren't reasonable, boy. You know this. Well, if they listen to me, and I've been saying this over and over again, that cornerback is the hardest position to play in football. So they're avid listeners of this show, and they take what we say, and, you know, they they can take some notes. So if they believe in me and my analysis, they're going to be like, well, you know what? Mark Gunnels did say that's the hardest position to play in football. So considering this guy's only a rookie, and it's only his first few games, Let's just ease off of him a little bit. You don't believe that's going to happen? <laughs> Come on now. You know, you, you know, Chiefs Kingdom. You're the leader of this on, on Twitter. You, <laughs> y'all was in this, I got in one space recently with you. I like just wanted to pop in real quick. I'm like, what is, what's going on? Mark is in like eight spaces a day. Like, what's happening in these rooms? And this folks just outright yelling. I had to, I had to pull my earphones out of my ear. I was like, uh, 
what are we doing? <laughs> Y'all do this for fun? Hey, man, it gets a little rowdy in there sometimes. Uh, that's, all, that's all I'm going to say. Well, they need the mayor to step in. The mayor is here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. Mark Gunnels, Aaron Ladd, Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. 12 days from week one for the Kansas City Chiefs. A couple more quick things, and these are a little lighter. And then I want to get y'all ready for y'all fantasy football seasons, man. I know a lot of people are doing their drafts this week, and there's going to be a lot of questions about what the Chiefs offense looks like. Who should they take offensively? Mark Gunnels is going to answer your fantasy questions here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. But let's talk rankings, man. I know you saw the top 100 list. Let's just get get right to it. Number eight. <laughs> oh, man. Number you know, eight, dog? Number eight, for real? Yeah. Um you know, I don't put too much stock into that list. Um, obviously, I know it's voted on by players and people who are going to be, you know, disingenuous and be like, well, their peers got him number eight. So they believe that. And they got Tom Brady number one. But I mean, these players have friends across the league. There's a lot of bias in this. And last year, Mahomes was number one. You know. And the thing is, from what I've been from what I've read, and I could be wrong, but they actually vote on this before the season is over with. I think they vote on it in November. <laughs> so they don't even consider the playoffs or even the last few games of the season. And obviously at that point, you know, well, not at, in November, but we know early on Mahomes did have some struggles. We know that it was well documented. But this is why I don't understand the list, because. If it's based on last year, why do you, why is Derrick Henry so high? I get he was on pace to have 2,000 yards, but are we voting on potential? But like I said, they vote in November. So that's why I don't take too much stock into it because it doesn't consider playoffs, doesn't consider the last month of the season. And if you consider that stuff, and to me, I think playoff football is more important than regular season, Mahomes would have been rated higher. So I don't, it's it's cool. It's a good talking point. It gets, I mean, obviously we're talking about it right now. So it gets people talking and you see it on the sports shows and stuff like that. But I, I don't really uh, put much stock in it, but I'm happy because we know that Mahomes takes any little thing he can for extra motivation. And he's already had a lot this off season to go off of. I mean, people are saying he's going to fall off because Tyreek Hill is gone. People saying he plays street ball and now he's the number eighth player. And we know the year when he was ranked number four, when he was ranked number four, he still was upset about that. So him being ranked number eight, I mean, I can only imagine how petty he's going to be this year. I mean, even his trainer t- tweeted out the number eight. And we know Mahomes isn't going to tweet stuff like that, but you can kind of look at people around him and kind of get a sense of how he's feeling. So, yeah, Petty Patrick is on the way. Yeah, you got right to what I was going to say about this. Because where I don't think the the list carries much weight, I think Tyron Matthew was asked about this last year. He appeared again this year. We're talking about the top 100 players list released on NFL Network every year annually. They kind of rolled it out a little differently this year. But nonetheless, Chris Jones, number 39 out of 100. Travis Kelsey, number 10 out of 100. And Patrick Mahomes, number 8 overall out of 100. I think Tyron Matthew said that, you know, they're asked after practice one day to kind of fill out this list and guys are just kind of asking around who had a good year last year, yada, yada. Why I don't really put that much stock into the actual number overall. 
I think Patrick Mahomes does. Uh, uh, Petty Patrick is what what has been tossed around. You even just said it. Um, this 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 guy listens, man. This guy he he has ears. He he hears. And I think when Eric Bieniemy called him a competitive prick, either last season or two years ago, um, you know it 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 gives you that shade of. Um, you know, champions use anything as a chip on their shoulder. You know, Jordan would make up stories about guys slighting him or, or getting an advantage over him that weren't even true uh, just to get that competitive ed- advantage and that competitive edge. And while this one is one that it doesn't really have a real scientific method to it, it kind of just is like who had a good year last year. It is made up by his peers. And I think that that means a lot to him. So add another chip on his shoulder, man. I hope it's a guy's chip because I like them. Yeah, and I just want to say this right now president betting expert if you believe in that stuff i would put in a future for mahomes winning mvp this year put it in now you're done giving out betting you're you're done giving out betting advice on this platform and you know why i don't even have to say it all right what's the next topic man This is this was a fun one, man. It it, it was the uh, Sky Moore prank, you know. The, the, they took him out to the dinner, and MVS kind of described how it went, right? Like the all the wideouts were out, nice steakhouse. Casey has some great places to go out for dinner. They go out to a nice steakhouse, you know. They run up the tab. This is this is they run it up. I mean, we doing wine, we doing the we doing the the filet mignon and the filet mignon, of course, you know. <laughs> like we running it up. And I think it was like twenty three thousand was the tab, and uh, they told yeah, this like guy, 20, 20, you know, his card. Yeah, they 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 gave a card, and the waiter comes back and says, you know, it, it it's declined, which I know never happens to you, especially not on no little twenty two k. That's nothing for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, it was. Uh, but eventually, MVS took care of it, and it's cool. It, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was funny. You know, obviously, you know, the rookies, it's fun to prank them and stuff like that. You know, kind of get them enshrined with the team. And I think he said the real bill was actually 3200 I believe he said, around that area. And, you know, <laughs> he should have knew it was fake, man, because you know, he said he kind of had a feeling because he was looking around. There's no way we have 22K of food and drinks right now. So, you know. Sounds a lot more realistic, and I guess he got a while, got out of having to pay for anything. So um, yeah, that was cool, man. See them bond, and that's what I like about this team, man. Brett just has a sense of you know getting these personalities together that seem to mesh well. You're right, you know. I think a little deeper than just straight football, um, you know, film watching, right? Like as he like likes guys that have high character. You know, guys are in unity. Uh, you know, doing things like I Orlando Brown. I think it was yesterday, two days ago on Twitter, there was some kid in the Kansas City area that I think his his hat or something or some piece of his equipment wasn't fitting properly. And Orlando Brown tweeted him and was like, hey, tell him to hit me up or whatever. I had this problem when I was a kid, so I'm going to look out for the little homie. So, you know, stuff like that, man. This team just has a lot of guys with high character. And I think that matters, man. There's really no way to, like, monitor that or I guess I should say, what's a better word? You know, it's not going to show up on the stat sheet, obviously, but uh, that chemistry matters in an offense that's built off timing and spacing and 
Um, you know, a lot of chemistry stuff. That 13 seconds thing with Kelsey, I mean, I saw that's all chemistry. I saw Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey working together in the offseason or just chilling, just hanging out. Um, you know, that matters. And, and workplace, <clears throat> workplace culture matters when we're talking about the Chiefs having organizationally top down one of the best organizations in the league. That's out of the office too, man. And I think any good, any good, uh, any good team will tell you that. So that was it. That was it on the on the serious football stuff. You want to talk fantasy? You ready? How many fantasy leagues are you in? Are you in like eight leagues, nine leagues? Uh, I don't do. All, I can't keep up with that many leagues. Uh, two this year. That's not bad. I think I'm in four this year. I got a college, a couple work ones. It, it, it's it's interesting, you know. We're not doing standard stuff anymore. Everybody's got like a different spin on it. Whether it's a you know a pot to get the waiver wire or two quarterbacks, nobody's doing just just standard anymore. It's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, it's. I feel the same way, bro. It's definitely a different game than it used to be. But the Chiefs, obviously, another year expected to do very well on the offensive side of the ball. A lot of playmakers, a lot of mouths to get fed. We talked on this podcast. I think. Kansas City is going to be more balanced this year than they've ever been before. And that means a lot of people touching the football. Uh, starting with the two high-power guys, Mahomes and Kelsey. Obviously, those are big value guys. Those are people that get scooped up very early in drafts. Uh, do you think, just very generally, do you think Mahomes and Kelsey will kind of be worth that high pick? Are they worth that value that you're giving uh, to bring them to your team this year? Well, there's a lot of factors that go into this. First of all, how many teams are in the league? Uh, what kind of league is it as far as the point system? Most people do PPR. So uh, in my league, I think we have 14 people in it. Shout out to my Chiefs Kingdom Fantasy League. And Kelsey went, I think, in the second round. And well, <laughs> what's funny is actually Mahomes went in the first round, but I wouldn't advise taking a quarterback that early. But you know how it is when you're in a, a fan league with all Chiefs fans. Somebody's going to reach and get Mahomes early. But yeah, I think Kelsey's worth a really high pick, maybe even late first round, just because of the targets that he should get. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's the main target, especially now with Tyreek Hill gone. So he should eat a lot, and especially in the red zone when Mahomes goes to look for him first. And as far as Mahomes goes, here's the thing with quarterbacks in these type of leagues. You don't want to reach for them early because there's so many good ones in terms of fantasy-wise. So, like, Mahomes is obviously make, well, not even the highest one because you got to consider guys that run the ball. So, like, even like a guy like a Jalen Hurts is really valuable in fantasy because he not only passes, but he runs and gets rushing touchdowns as well. Lamar Jackson, you know, guys like that. So, you know, you just have to really be cautious with quarterbacks. I take them later rounds. I ended up with, actually, I think Josh Allen. I got him, like, in the fourth or fifth round. So mainly running backs and receivers are the ones that are going first. So, yeah, but in terms of those two guys, though, Kelsey's not a bad pick late first, depending on how many people are in your league or uh, early second. You talked about the format. I'm in some funky formats this year. I'm in a two-quarterback league that doesn't have a tight end. You can pick offensive players, but a tight end is not mandatory. So I'm curious to see, you know, how how Kelsey was drafted going into that league, where it's kind of like pass catchers in general. And he still was one of the highest pass catchers uh, drafted in this league just because his we know what his value is to this offense. He is the mouth to feed. He is the comfort blanket. 
you can pencil in 10 targets a game, at least for this guy, uh, most weeks in Kansas City. With Mahomes, I'm with you. I wait on a quarterback, and I don't really see a lot of the value there. He doesn't run. He doesn't scramble. And there's a lot more value there later in rounds. Speaking about pass catchers specifically, uh, I think we're kind of in agreement that, you know, outside of Kelsey, if we're talking about receivers, um, Juju is the, is the next guy. But then there's like this flurry of other guys. There's Sky Moore, MVS, McColl, Jody Fortson, if you want, even want to throw him in there. I'm curious out of those four guys, maybe even there's a surprise fifth, maybe a running back or something. Which non-Juju receiver option are you targeting in, in fantasy this year? Yeah, so when it comes to the other guys, to me, there's not that big of a gap in terms of talent and possibly even usage, especially when you come to about the midway point of the season. And when I think about it, I'm going to take the guy that has the most upside. And to me, that's clearly Sky Moore, right? Because I think early on, uh, his share probably won't be that high, but I think he's a guy that's going to show flashes and... We know how Andy Reid is. He goes with a hot hand. And I think as the season goes on, once Sky Moore develops more and shows to be a, a reliable option, I think you see his snap count goes up, which in turn will be his targets go up. So, yeah, when I have guys bunching that same tier, which I think they all are at this point, I think you have to go with the guy with the highest upside, and that would clearly be Sky Moore. I don't dislike that strategy, but I'm just going to warn fantasy managers who are waiting in this pool, this non-Juju receiver option for Kansas City. It's going to be incredibly frustrating all year long. You have no idea which guy it's going to be. One week, it might be MVS with a touchdown and 115 yards. The next week, it might be McCole Hardman with five uh, rushing, five carries and like 50 yards, 60 yards and a touchdown. The next week, it might be Sky Moore who gets more carries and work in the backfield like I just think it's going to be incredibly hard to predict from a fantasy perspective. And, you know, really, it's it's the value, right? It's, I think Sky Moore is going undrafted in some leagues. Like, uh, you know, it, these are a lot of tickets, basically. It, and I wouldn't really depend on any of them on a week-in, week-out basis outside of like a flex play or a streaming play uh, for any of those guys. Finally, I got Isaiah Pacheco down here. A lot of hype for him. He's going early. He, he, Isaiah Pacheco this year in fantasy reminds me of what Clyde was his first year. I know Clyde was going like a lot higher. Clyde was going to like the, the second or third, third or fourth round in some leagues his rookie year. Isaiah Pacheco getting drafted in like the mid rounds, 10, 11. It, it, it's scary, man. I, I would hit the yellow button on that one. Yeah, I don't know if I'll reach that high, but he would be a, a a guy that I would consider taking a flyer on in the last couple of rounds just because, I mean, and, you know, I hate to keep bringing this up, but it's just the reality. CEH hasn't proven to stay healthy for a full season. So, you know, I mean, if he were to go down, I mean, obviously we don't want that to happen. But if that were to happen, you know, then you have the room of Pacheco and two veteran guys, especially McKinnon, who's a little older. So you, you don't want to really give McKinnon that workload if CH were to go down. Because we saw last year, they kind of kept him in the tuck into the playoffs. And then even Rojo has a lot more miles, you know, uh, on his car right now. So if that event were to happen, you would imagine that Pacheco would see a lot more looks. So, you know, maybe later in the season, you got him stashed on your roster. You know, if something unfortunate happens, 
you know, he could be a guy that steps in or even if something doesn't unfortunate happens, even if the flash that he gets when CH is out there from day one, you know, if he pops more, we know that Andy Reid's not shy to go with a hot hand. We've seen it before. So I, I do think he is worth a, a look in the last couple of rounds. But uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't pick him in those earlier rounds that you were talking about. I guess my hesitation is more to a uh, Chiefs running back in general. I have a hard time rostering the Chiefs running back and starting him on a day-to-day basis because, or a week-to-week basis because we don't know who it's going to be week-to-week. One week it could be the Jarrett game. One week it could be the Clyde game. One week it could be the Rojo game. It, it's going to be purposefully murky, purposefully cloudy. So I'm just throwing up the yellow sign. You know me, playing my role. Uh, I, I'm worried of any Chiefs wearing running back, including uh, Isaiah Pacheco. But, uh Yeah questions man we we got a couple man it's packed in here yeah man uh, it smells like football right then you say uh the leaves are out in Kansas city yet oh no it's too early it's too early it's too early it's too early but the sunflowers you know you know i'm starting to see a few more sunflowers on my instagram feed i'm like oh lord <laughs> hey what's up man we're gonna start off with my man the man the myth the legend what's up bro hey what's up fellas how y'all doing hey i'm doing good man what's good Hey, um, just a quick thing, uh, since we got Aaron up here, um, me and Mark and the rest of the guys and uh, ladies, we were talking about a little bit of the uh, roster cuts yesterday, in which I brought up Taylor Stallworth yesterday because that seemed like kind of a surprise to me personally for uh, just interior interior dip. Uh, So I think with that being said, I think Saunders and uh, Turk has pretty much taken that step forward uh, for the coaching staff uh, to feel comfortable. Uh, with that being said, also, uh, since we did have Aaron here um, yesterday, I was wondering why we let Danny Sheldon go, even though he's on the practice squad here today, I've seen, in which I was wondering, do you guys think that we put Sheldon on the practice squad mainly because of uh, conditioning since he is a bigger guy? Or what do you think is the exact plan for Sheldon since we know usually um, veterans and his status is not on the practice squad long? Hey, good stuff there. Uh, we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier and calling it a calculated risk. Some of these guys didn't have to go through waiver claims, uh, being veteran players. Some of these guys, maybe you think if you waive them, uh, they clear waivers and you can sign them back to the practice squad. And I think that was in the the situation with Danny Shelton. Um, Playing the roster game, they're going to make some moves before uh, game day with IR. We know that with Blake Bell. Uh, And and, and they still got some spots in the practice squad. That, that's why I want to put the emphasis on initial. This is the initial 53-man roster. It will look different. It will change. It is a, le- it is a living, breathing document, as they say about the U.S. Constitution. Uh, it, it'll change. Yeah, I mean, I, I echo everything you just said right there and how you put the emphasis on the word initial because, like you said, I mean, a lot of moving parts, guys are still getting claimed off waivers and, you know, things of that nature. People are shuffling around the roster up until game day so yeah let's just see how it shapes out uh next my guy what's up desmond how you doing bro what's going on y'all um quick question for you so elijah lee that was kind of like a uh, a weird situation for me just because he was starting pretty much all a camp and then kind of did the i know they released him with plans to re-sign him but i just thought it was incredibly odd for a guy who was basically number one on the depth chart for a while can y'all like shed some light on you know where he's at as far as do they still plan on using him as much? Is there somebody that took his spot? I might have missed something, um, you know, this past week or so. So, yeah, it, it, there 
they're making changes. This is this is kind of similar to the last question, but um, it's a it's a living, breathing document. I believe when Blake Bell goes down, and uh, there'll be some other moves that are corresponding made. I thought Nate Taylor reported that Elijah Lee would be the first guy up with a corresponding move. Um, I'm looking for that tweet now, but I, I could be wrong on who reported that. Um, you know, these guys will will make moves. It's a long season. These are 18 game NFL seasons now. You starting the year on the initial practice squad does not doom you. <laughs> it doesn't doom you in any way to make contributions to the team. Uh, a, a lot of these are just tinkering, and we know we know guys like to make moves. Uh, I think Elijah Lee will, will, will be up with the big the big squad sooner rather than later. And would you say would you say Aaron that maybe this has something to do with how they feel about Leo Chanel at this point? Yeah, young player, and, and it's early. It's also, you know, August. There are there are things that we don't know or we aren't privy to because we've only seen three games. Um, you know, Leo Chanel was going to take time. I think we talked about that on this pod before. I don't think there was an expectation that he would come in and contribute uh, at a big point right away once we saw him against uh, – once we saw him at training camp. Yeah, absolutely. All right, our last question of the day, we have Fred Davis. And it looks like he's a – KU alum, so I know he's a good guy. Hey, that's a well, come on now. Uh, it, it was less of a question and more of a, I, you know, and I'm here in Houston, so don't hold that against me. But uh, I think we're not much is being made about a the Matt Nagy effect, because uh, I know the games I've watched of the preseason, again, it's only preseason, but it sure seems like Pat uh, goes over to Matt Nagy a lot, uh, more so than I've seen him talking to. Mr. Bienemy, and I don't think enough being made of Warren Sapp and his work with the defensive line and the impact that that's going to have, not just on the D-line, but what it's going to have on Chris Jones. And uh, who knows, we might actually get a uh, postseason sack out of it. Mark, you touch on uh, Warren Sapp, because you showed that to me. I didn't even see that. Yeah, so that happened, I believe, when we were in Vegas for the NABJ convention. Uh, I'm not sure if it was the same. Well, it could have been the same day because you did see you did see Michael Vick, right? I I, I saw pictures of it. I wasn't there. No, I I, I know. I, I said that I'm, I was just messing with you because wow. I know you didn't. You're petty. <laughs> you're, you're so petty. You're so petty. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. I mean, I think it was just the day. But I mean, having a guy like Warren Sapp in the room obviously can't hurt. Uh, you know, a Hall of Famer, uh, one of the best D linemen I've ever seen in my lifetime, and. He was working hands-on with the guys from the pictures and videos that I saw, you know, especially with Carl Loftus being a rookie, just soaking in all the knowledge. So, yeah, I think that was pretty cool. And I think it just speaks to the testament of how, you know, people want to be around the Chiefs, man. They're one of those teams now, you know. Obviously, Michael Vick came through, Warren Sapp. So I think it's a really nice thing that they have going on right now. And the other point that he mentioned, and I'm glad he said this because I've been thinking this for a while. And it's easy for people outside of Kansas City. You know, they rip Matt Nagy. Obviously, things didn't go well in Chicago as him as a head coach. But he has a totally different role in Kansas City. And Mahomes always raved about Matt Nagy, right? Like, that was his guy. So I do think it's something to that, him being in the room, another idea, uh, another brain in the room when Mahomes is there, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. I think that never hurts. And like like I said, I mean, it's a guy that Mahomes trusts. So anything to keep Mahomes happy, 
this franchise is going to do, man. Yeah, I, I can't do anything but echo what you just said. And I, I'll push it a little bit further in saying this. And we haven't said this guy's name yet. We mentioned him briefly at the top of the, the pod, so we'll close it out with him as well. Maybe Matt Nagy and, and Shane Buchel, that relationship as well is something that we need to monitor as well. Matt Nagy is known as a quarterback whisperer. I posted some video of him at rookie camps. Uh, working with the young quarterbacks, working with guys like Buchel and Crum. And uh, you can see how he connects with them. He he speaks their language, if you will. Not that Eric Bieniemy doesn't do that. And I know we as fans and we as media are going to want to drive a wedge between those two and talk about that relationship and keep them under a microscope all year long. But I, I think Matt Nagy being back in the fold is something that we will talk about a lot more uh, as the regular season goes on because he, he speaks Patrick Mahomes' language. Yeah, and I lied, man. Lucas came in, hit the buzzer beater just in time. I was like, I thought that was going to be our last question, but Lucas, what's up, man? You're the last guy. Awesome, man. Hey, first-time listener holding it down out here in the Bay Area. I'll be calling, uh, listening back in as you guys go along, but definitely enjoyed the conversation so far. Uh, my question Appreciate that I got... That, yeah, of course. The question I got, you know, we went with six wide receivers. Um, I know, you know, that that OBJ names hanging out there and, and you guys keep talking about the the roster changing up as we go through here. Do you think there's any free agents out there that the Chiefs might make a move on? Example being an OBJ to fill in that six role. I know he's hurt and he might sit for a while, but curious on your thoughts on that. Hey, man, thank you. I appreciate the love. First-time listener, first-time caller. Shout out to the radio, man. I've heard that my whole life. But anyway, uh, OBJ, honestly, I don't see it happening. I mean, obviously, we know the Chiefs were in the running for him before uh, he went to the Rams. But I just think, ultimately, he's a he's a guy that loves L.A. He lived in L.A. before he even played in L.A. It fits his brand. We know he's a celebrity outside of football. So I just can't see him leaving that situation I mean he can come right in and really no pressure because you got Allen Robinson there Cooper Cup so he's going to see one-on-ones all day long because you can't double everybody and you know I don't think he wants to come to the code again <laughs> I think he likes playing on the west coast inside a dome and you know you get to play the Cardinals and the Niners in San Francisco so they don't really play in cold weather games so I just think he loves being in L.A., man. I just can't see it. Let's just color for what it is, bro. And I, I had this conversation on, on Twitter when these rumors were coming out midseason. OBJ in Westport would be sick. This man would be so disappointed. <laughs> he would say, this is what y'all do for nightlife around here? Bro, could you imagine the scene? Like, he would shut down Westport. <laughs> bro, bro, you think L House is wild now. He walks into L House... Oh my God! After winning an AFC title game. There's gonna be no. There's gonna be no room. There's gonna be no room. Everybody's no. gonna want to see OBJ. Did I ever tell you I saw Mahomes at Ale House once? No, you never told me that. Yeah, and I can share this on this platform. I have no problem saying this. The, the whole crew was there. It was Mahomes. It was Brittany. It was Jackson. I think it was their babysitter's birthday or something like that. Whatever. whatever. This was. This was this summer. It was the summer going into last year. So basically just rewind a year. It was, okay. it was okay. And security was OD. They said, if we even see your phone in the air, we are confiscating it and you can come back and get it tomorrow. <laughs> it was crazy. I don't understand why, but they had the booth closest to the DJ. They were cool. I mean, of course, folks did the chop and they played like Tech 9 12 times, which I hate KC for doing that. But 
Yeah, Mahomes was at L House. It, it, it was a little <laughs> interesting. Oh, that's funny. But yeah, uh, I love how you just rip Westport when you're there every single day. Well, I mean, that's another part of it. OBJ can't step on my turf yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's not good in your hood, man. You, you know, if he want to, if he want to ha- have a table at Harry's, <laughs> at Harry's, he got to see me first. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. I'm down the street from OBJ, man. I'm gonna tell him. I'm gonna tell him about you, man. I'm gonna tell him what's up. We got a great show today, Mark. I appreciate you. you you're na- I can tell that you napped. That's what. That's what the difference was. You napped. You were rested. I, uh, good show today. Yeah, man. And next week, week one. Ah, uh, we getting closer, man. We'll see y'all next week. Chiefs coast to coast is out of here. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.